God said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course, he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. And that's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. So we have a lot going on, and we're going to be today, because yesterday we ran out of time, and there's so many other things I wanted to to talk about. Uh, we have the big UN thing. Uh, Biden's going to give a speech. It's going to basically double down on uh, alliance partnerships and globalism it's it's really he's not going to say the word globalism but he's he's basically going to endorse it and he's going to talk about you know the pandemic and he's going to talk about you know what the world can do together working united america is back meanwhile you know you have france withdrawing their ambassadors we're going to talk about that a little bit pompeo actually says good on the administration, the Biden administration. He said this to Maria Bartiroma over the weekend because what that French ambassador uh, withdrawing from the United States and Australia was all about was that they were offended. They were offended by the idea that Joe Biden messed up that relationship. That Joe Biden... Basically, uh, they had a they had a deal. France had a deal to supply submarines to Australia, and Biden got in the way and used the strong arm of the United States to have Australia withdraw the deal from France, which was a like a fifty billion dollar deal and major major influx of cash for France. So, I mean, it has nothing to do with anything else. So, Pompeo said, well, better better that we have our own submarines in the Pacific area, uh, waters off of Australia, considering China and, and, and what's happening in, with North Korea and, and things like that. So, Pompeo said good on the administration for this, but, you know, was basically trashing the administration 
uh, the Biden administration on Afghanistan and, and elsewhere. So the whole French thing where the French, the French withdrew their ambassador from the United States and Australia had to do with an, uh, um, a submarine contract where the United States undermined France, French's, the French, the France's best interest. Now you compare that relationship with Emmanuel Macron to uh, with Trump, with the forceful handshakes and the the banter and the having fun, with you know basically uh, Emmanuel Macron acting like uh, he's dealing with a Biden that's part of the geriatric ward, and you could see the difference when they were in England. I think it was. Uh, for the what was it the NATO summit uh, last year, but in any case, that's what that's about that that whole thing with France. But we're going to learn more because see what's ultimately happening with Biden is he's ruining all the relationships one way or the other. He's his foreign policy prowess is god awful. His ability to win friends and influence neighbors is just disastrous. Nobody likes Joe Biden. And guess what? Nobody likes Kamala Harris. She took fifth place in the presidential primaries in her own state of California. She's disliked by everybody. She got less than 1%. And that's the next in line? That's the Obama choice? Because Kamala would have never been picked. Kamala Harris and Biden don't even like each other. They hate each other. They have nothing in common. Biden really was good friends with Susan Rice, I think. Who's in the cabinet? Who works for Obama? And his advisor, Mike Carpenter, was his go-to guy. Eric Ciarmella, the whistleblower, was working with Biden. And they all hated Trump, but they all looked up to Jake Sullivan, and Jake Sullivan's the boss. So they thought they got this dream team, but it's a dream team of losers, people that botched the Syrian crisis and fortified ISIS, the same people who got involved with the Iran deal, the same people that got involved with Afghanistan and botched that. And all the while, the Biden administration's lying through their teeth. Whether it's Mayorkas down on the southern border, or it's the Taliban. You know, they're basically botching the deal. They're empowering Iran. They're empowering the Palestinian Authority. They're empowering the Taliban. And somehow we're supposed to not like be able to say anything. Like, don't you realize that the Taliban, Al-Qaeda, and ISIS are happier today because of what, in Afghanistan, because of what Biden did, not because of what Trump did? Aren't you realizing that Israel's getting bombed and attacked again? And the Palestinians couldn't be happier in Hamas and Hezbollah? Hezbollah being a puppet terrorist group of Iran and Hamas being a 
puppet terrorist group of Palestinians, how the Palestinian Authority set up in Lebanon. And meanwhile, you got Putin smiling, grinning silently because he has a great relationship with the Assad family in Syria. And now he has a wonderful relationship with the leaders of Afghanistan, as does China. So Russia has the keys to Syria and can influence China. And China basically has the land in Afghanistan and access to all the precious minerals to help them with their battery manufacturing. France is kind of happy about it because they get to make their Airbus through the precious minerals in Afghanistan and the petroleum resources in Afghanistan are very good. Of course, the drug trade in the black markets, remember I always said the four commodities in the black market are drugs, oil, arms, and human trafficking, whether it be for sex or slave, human trafficking. So, Lindsey Graham's been playing along with John McCain when he was alive. They used to dabble in this market all day and all night. It's why they would find themselves up in Ukraine and Latvia and Lithuania, Cyprus, middle, you know, hanging out without Baghdadi. Always negotiating weapons for oil, oil for drugs, drugs for humans. It don't matter. So long as the border stays open. And that's where it brings us next. The relationship with AMLO, Lobrador, Obrador, Lopez Obrador, the president of Mexico. Guess what? He's PO'd with Biden too. He's not even helping with the southern border. He said he's had it. He said we had an arrangement and an agreement and we had harmony along the southern border thanks to Donald Trump's wall. And the Democrats were poo-pooing the wall. The wall is prehistoric. The wall doesn't work. They could have tunnels and ladders beat the wall. That's what they would say. The wall worked, folks. The number It's all in the proof of the numbers. But you know what? So is climate change. Proof of the numbers. How about videotape? Proof of the video. So we're to believe COVID numbers, and yet... We look at the statistics and we look at the empty hospitals and we look at all the RN, the, the registered nurses getting laid off and we're somehow still to believe. We look at the college crowds, the college football crowds, and we see them thriving. No spikes. We see states like Florida doing better than ever. We see states, countries like uh, Israel doing horribly, despite their draconian lockdowns. Australia is doing horribly. Everywhere they have lockdowns. New York is worse than Florida. And we see Biden destroying relationships with France through basically stiffing them with a $50 billion submarine contract deal with Australia. And basically blindsiding AMLO in Mexico by by going after Trump's uh, 
border policies for political purposes that only are relevant here in America. And AMLO said, you know what? You caused all this problem. You clean it up. We're not dealing with it anymore. We had good harmony with Trump. We had good relationships with Trump. Emmanuel Macron used to shake hands tightly with Trump. Trump would have never stabbed Emmanuel Macron in the back. But it very well could have been that Trump would have beat Macron to the punch and got that submarine deal with Australia before Emmanuel Macron ever dreamed of it. So it wouldn't have even caused the problem. We still would have gotten what we wanted. But the relationships with our southern border, where we need it the most, we don't need a relationship with Trudeau up in north in Canada. And Trudeau is appearing in blackface every other week. They're finding photos of him. I guess they're up for another election sometime. Trudeau is a nitwit. Nobody likes Trudeau. But they have Dominion machines up in Canada too, I think. I don't know what it is about them, but I know this. The Canadians, every Canadian I've ever met doesn't like Trudeau. And so you wonder, how are these people winning elections? See, I used to always say, and there was this question about all these rigs. I was asked the question over in uh, the Red State group over on Facebook, and someone asked me to chime in on this one question. And I said, they, they had all these um, freight carriers bottlenecked off the coast of California. And I said, it very well could be that that's why the state is issuing stimulus checks to get people to not work those ships, to get to work those ports, to work those freights. It could very well be that their uh, California governor, Gavin Newsom, is basically restricting, issuing COVID restrictions that are impossible to navigate. It could very well be that they're trying to, on purpose, jack up the prices of certain goods targeted towards certain populations. That's how, we're, that's how we've gotten to biflation. I still believe that those ransom terrorists that targeted beef and oil were green terrorists. They weren't Russian terrorists, cyber terrorists. They were green terrorists. They were green terrorists designed to cut down the supply, increase the prices, and reduce consumption. Econ 101, folks. Okay? This is seventh grade economics right here. You cut down the supply, you increase the price, you reduce the consumption. That's Econ 7th grade. That's Econ 100. So that's exactly what they achieved. We now have higher gas prices and beef prices are through the roof. And that's how we keep our families healthy. We're going to run a clip today that's going to show this blue-collar worker, this, this, this guy that has a oxygen meter because he works in areas where he needs, you know, oxygen. They need to test oxygen levels. And he tests them and he says, you should not be walking around with these masks. They're really unhealthy for you. 
And when you see, hear this test, and this guy does it right before your eyes, it's a video, but he, he narrates it well. And so there's so many things that are going on. And what's great about what's happening today, and like I said yesterday, we're really winning right now. We're not winning like we want to win, but you know, if we were truly winning, we would have Donald Trump in the White House and we would replace all the liberals in the Pentagon and all the liberals in our bureaucracy with level-headed uh, American-loving people. We would probably decentralize our government out of Washington and disperse it throughout our country and get better talent pools. Because what's going on in D.C. with 98% people that vote for Hillary Clinton or John Kerry or, or Joe Biden, they would literally reinstall a crackhead like Miriam Barry or vote for a Muriel Bowser, the current mayor. These are, these are not smart people that are voting in D.C. So... If that's a, if it's a pool of dummies, which it apparently seems to be, just look at what they did over the weekend. You know, camouf- making up this J six protest uh, that they thought was going to, they thought all the wrong things. Nothing they thought was correct, and nothing that they interpreted from J six was correct. That's why. You know, there's a lot of evidence that indicates that Nancy Pelosi, we heard clips and audio tape from, from Cash Patel yesterday indicating that he had conversations with Nancy Pelosi and all she was worried about was food, food, food courts and food trucks. So he had conversations. Her concerns were not even about national security. And this was after Ashley Babbitt was murdered by Richard Byrd the Secret Service Capitol Hill police officer that is a reverse discriminating racist because he's a black guy that hates America and hates white people. And in, in, in addition, I think worked for Chuck Schumer. And that's why he's protected class. Just like the people at the Emmys, just like the elites that went to the Met Gala with Tax the Rich. All this... You know, the aristocracy, the oligarchs, and the power elite in government get one set of rules. They get to, they get to protect it. We heard, we heard Cory Bush. I'm an, I'm an important person. I get, I'll get, I'll spend as much money as I want on gun protection as I need. Cause I'm a public official. But you will take your guns away. Beto O'Rourke's running for governor in Texas. He said, hell yeah, we're going to take away your guns. So the same people that want to take away your guns are the same people that are saying, we need guns to protect ourselves. Meanwhile, we have more people getting shot dead from gunshots than people who are dying of COVID across the entire nation uh, in a specific age group like 17 and under. Nobody's dying 17 and under. Like it's 0% death rate. And they still want you to wear masks. 
So I'm going to go into my social media because we missed a lot yesterday that I wanted to. There's so many little great tweets and great posts by people. And I want to share them because they're, they're really great ideas that make you think. And they help inspire my thoughts. And these were part of what I posted over the weekend. There's a lot more. I could go further back, but I'm going back to a seven, September 17th post and working my way up. Okay? That's what I want to do today. And then we got some audio clips, video clips that we're going to play. So according to the Washington Post, or no, the, the, according to the Wall Street Journal, the Wall Street Journal, and I only use these when I post stuff like this on Facebook, and I, there's only a matter of time before I'll be knocked off of Facebook again, but I use these, you know, basically Facebook-approved uh, public, publish, publishers, New York Times, Wall Street Journal, uh, Wall Street Journal, Wall Street Journal, Washington Post, New York, New York Times, that kind of thing. I'll use those publications to make my point. PBS, whatever, you know. Just so I don't get fried on Facebook. Put in Facebook jail. That's my little trick. And that won't even work, trust me. They hate me over on Facebook. They banned ScottAdamShow.com. ScottAdamShow.com. All it is is a podcast portal. <laughs> I don't even write blogs on that yet. I will be soon through Substack, but that's another story. ScottAdamsShow.com as a domain is banned on Facebook and has been banned for three years. Go figure. I did nothing wrong, folks. But the Wall Street Journal writes this article. It says, vaccine mandates can't stop COVID's spread because asymptomatic vaccinated COVID carriers can still spread the virus to both vaccinated and unvaccinated people. So then how in the world do you get to the point where you can issue a mandate if the mandate is based on the precipice that, or the principle that if you're vaccine, vaccinated, you can enter the restaurant, and if you're unvaccinated, you cannot? Think about that. When if you're vaccinated, you could still be carrying, you could still spread asymptomatically to unvaccinated and vaccinated alike. How in the world does that fly anywhere? Yet they're so quick. So, of course, we know that the answer is an ulterior motive. That's what it's all about. They're up to something, and it's not about your health. Otherwise, they wouldn't be men dating that mask that's going to kill you. So, according to the Wall Street Journal's article that I just read to you, this is now true. And it's a meme. It says, the protected need to be protected from the unprotected by forcing the unprotected to use the protection that didn't protect the protected. So, the protected need to be protected from the unprotected by forcing the unprotected to use the protection that didn't protect the protected. That's confusing, I know. But you get the idea. So, a little bit of a flip here, changing subjects. So they were saying, uh, Sloan Ray Rackmuth says, in Orange County School Board's first meeting in 16 months, and parents were greeted with a rainbow flag 
and a Black Lives Matter flag. The meeting began with acknowledgement that they were tribal land and that there was a moment of silence, no Pledge of Allegiance allowed. This is the kind of people, the same people that want to lie to you about the border security and that the border is secure, the same people that want to lie to you about climate change, the same people that want to lie to you about COVID numbers. We have proof now, that, and we're going to run a clip also about this, that people are making up the numbers. We talked about it yesterday in Colorado and elsewhere. We talked about how they were saying um, basically that uh, a murder-suicide couple uh, was treated as two COVID deaths. And in, in Colorado, Just the News, John Solomon wrote a report, very conclusive report, about how they were fudging the numbers, counting things they shouldn't be counting. There's too much incentive. The hospitals are getting too much money for treating, uh, counting people as COVID deaths. And if you're on a ventilator, you get even more money. And that's exactly the wrong treatment. We heard that yesterday on the show today, on that on our show, which is those two Australian voices said that they're issuing ivermectin to vaccinated patients, but not offering ivermectin to unvaccinated patients. And then they're making the argument, vaccinated patients are doing so much better than unvaccinated patients. When in fact, it really doesn't make a difference. It's the ivermectin that makes the difference. So they're toying with people's lives at the expense, at the expense of people's lives. They're, they're pushing an agenda. Why? You got to ask the question, why? So this was pretty good. Just, this was again, just in the last two hour, two and a half hours. Now this was over the weekend. It says, breaking, General McKenzie, head of U.S. Central Command, to announce no ISIS fighters were killed in the U.S. drone strike in Kabul, August 29th. Ten civilians were killed, including seven children in a Toyota. No disciplinary action expected, officials say. Right? U.S. military stands by intel leading to strike. Okay, that's the one story. Second story. Breaking FDA panel rejects Pfizer's COVID-19 vaccine booster in people 16 years and older. Third story. This is all within one moment. Just in, France recalls ambassadors from U.S. and Australia over canceled submarine deal. And another story. Blinken deletes tweets saying U.S. would stand with the people of Hong Kong. Think about that. We no longer stand with the people of Hong Kong because we're bowing to China? And then this. This is another story that I think needs to be reported, but it's just not part of some of the main stories that we've been telling. It says, Disclosed TV says, Justin, Federal Reserve officials, including Chairman Powell, own securities that U.S. Central Bank has bought during this COVID-19 pandemic. So this is going to go even further. You're going to find out that congressmen have been doing this. Senators and congressmen and women, they're going to, they're going to be doing this. So Karen Fan and Wendy Rogers write these simultaneously over the weekend. And this is what tells me that the Friday 1 p.m. 
announcement of the AZ audit is going to be fruitful. Much to my uh, pessimism up to this point, I believe these two announcements that I'm about to read to you indicate to me that they've made a decision, whether it was negotiated or not, that they are going to come out on the right side of this for America. And whether that was because they sold out to the highest bidder or not, I don't know. I do find it very highly suspicious that they were waiting, they weren't leaking. It seemed to me that there was money in play. Bribes were in play. And I heard this from many, many people, sources. But finally, they made this announcement. And these two tweets, by them, individually, separately, indicate to me that what we're about to find out on Friday is going to be big, positive news for America First and for Donald Trump. Karen Fan writes, Huge win for the AZ audit today. Maricopa settlement gives us all the data needed. That's the key phrase right there. We have all the data needed to complete the review of the routers and Splunk log to the most comprehensive election audit in history. We got everything we need and more. Maricopa County goes home with its tail between its legs. So by her saying these words exactly, because I'm telling you, those words are very thoughtful. That's not a fun tweet. That was a very methodical, well-thought-out tweet. For her to make that statement is to basically say, what we are going to deliver to you is without excuses. That what we are going to deliver to you is what we expected and promised. So Wendy Rogers writes, same, same theme, summary, we won. They dropped their $2.8 million meaningless claim for the machine replacements. We get the routers and spunk, spunk logs. Cyber Ninjas has full access. Maricopa caved. Okay, great. Cruz says, unloads the Bi- on the Biden to border. You can end this debacle tomorrow by simply following the law. Now, I want to play this clip to you. It's a wake-up call that succinctly sums up what's going on in America today. And this woman does a great job. And we're going to go ahead and play her clip. And I think it's going to be inspiring. And then we're going to play Katie Hopkins. We're going to play a clip from Katie Hopkins as well. Let's take a listen. We question the vaccine. Instead of laughing and bashing and saying we're crazy conspiracy theorists, why don't you take a step back and actually look around you and see what's going on? We can no longer think for ourselves. We can no longer question anything that goes against the norm without facing repercussions, without being canceled. And that shouldn't just concern me or Nikki. That should concern everybody. And the fact that it doesn't scares me because it solidifies to me that that evil and dark plan they're wanting to implement will continue to go on and on and on until you wake up or until you willfully walk yourself into the slaughterhouse, whichever one comes first. 
you're listening to your favorite influencers and celebrities and even the officials tell you what to do without even realizing you're no longer listening to you. You're no longer thinking for yourself. You're no longer questioning anything. Well, it's for my safety. They have my best interests. Well, do they? Why aren't they telling you to fix your diet? Why aren't they telling you you should take ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine? Why can't you hashtag the words natural immunity? Because it's not about your health or your safety. It's about control. And they know the one thing that they can never take away from you is your free will unless you willfully hand it over to them, which many of you have consciously and even unconsciously done. I mean, how many of you who got the COVID-19 vaccine actually got it because you wanted to protect yourself from COVID? Or was it because you didn't want to wear a mask anymore? Because you wanted to travel? Because you wanted to keep your job? And those that did get the vaccine because they wanted to protect themselves against COVID, how many of you actually listened to the pros and cons of the vaccine? Oh, I did. How? It's impossible. Because the cons are being censored, blocked, and deleted. So how are you able to make a rational decision for yourself when you can't even hear the other side? Have you ever thought maybe the reason you can't hear the other side is because you might change your mind? Now, I'm not here to tell you what to do at the end of the day. It's not my decision. It's your decision. And that's all I care about is that you're making the decision for yourself. Because the moment you stop thinking for yourself, the moment you stop questioning things, is the moment you hand over your free will. Bingo. I don't think it gets any better than that. Do you think? Do you believe? I think that's one of the best things I've ever heard about this topic. It's incredible. Hey, folks, that's why I love doing this show and I love our the Scott Adams Show audience. I think that the Scott Adams Show audience has probably, it's one of the smartest audiences. And the reason why I believe that is I see some other show hosts and I see how their followers believe everything that the show host says. They're not skeptical. You know what I love about our our fans and our, our audience? They write in and they question or they'll give me a tip. They'll give me an expanded view about something. They write in to Scott at scottadamshow.com and they'll tell me, you know, I like what you said about this, but I think you might have also could have added this. Or I questioned that one part about what you said. I mean, I could see a clear difference between the skeptical, uh, we have an audience that's more skeptical. Um, I can tell you, I know my audience. I've been doing this for a while now. And what I love about our audience is skepticism. And I love that you don't give me blank and blind trust. And I always promise you that I do my work and I, I, I speak the truth, but don't take my word for it. Look it up. What I try to do with this show is give you metadata. I don't want to give you, I don't want to preach a sermon to you. I want to give you data, food for thought, but I want you to look this stuff up and do your own research. And uh, that's what I like most about what we're doing here as a team, as a group, as a movement. I, I think it's really important. And I believe, you know, these are just not platitudes. I would, obviously, you know me. I never speak in platitudes. So, really important that you take that to heart. 
Um, I want to listen to Katie Hopkins. I love this woman. She's so great. But she makes a good point about Israel's numbers. Let's take a listen. There's a couple of really strange things going on right now in Israel that we're definitely not allowed to talk about, right? So we're not allowed to talk about the fact that Israel currently has one of the highest rates of COVID infections on the planet. And you could say, well, poor Israel, and I'm sure we all do. But what we're not allowed to mention is that Israel also has one of the highest vaccination rates on the planet, right? They had 78% of their population who were eligible for the vaccine had the vaccine. And yet they also now are in the most trouble. They're the ones that are saying we now need to have a booster shot, that you're not actually going to be considered vaccinated if you've only had two shots you need to have the booster shot as well. We've just heard that Sweden and Portugal are going to block travel into their countries from Israel. And finally, we're not allowed to talk about the fact that doctors are saying half of Israel's seriously ill patients who are currently hospitalized were fully vaccinated at least five months ago. So half of those in hospital with serious side effects from COVID were fully vaccinated five months ago, but we're still not allowed to ask the question, just how effective do we think this vaccine is? I suppose the bigger question is, when are we going to be allowed to ask these questions? Or, or is it just never and not at all? Right, and that's, that's also um, sort of what uh, the lady, gave that great speech said in her post this lack of discussion this censorship this is what the democrats want the democrats they don't want to have debates they don't want to have conversations they want to have everything controlled by their handlers that's what we loved about trump there was this great meme where you get biden work walking from marine one straight to the white house answers zero questions and the media loves him And you get Trump, who walks over to the press, a hostile press that hates him, asking every question is a gotcha question. And Trump, he used to be entertaining because Trump would just own them, like children. And you got all kinds of information. Trump was definitely the smartest man in the room by a mile. I think he's probably one of the smartest people I've ever witnessed. He's that guy. And um, I just don't understand because I live in D.C., you know, like I, I, I work here. And I go to these events and galas and, and networking events and all kinds of different speakers and all kinds of things. And I'm telling you, I see these people. I know these writers. I've been to parties and had conversations and it's just uncanny that there there are all these smart people that truly don't quite fully understand what Trump was about. So the conservative treehouse wrote that wrote this article. It says, "Why did the CDC stop recording vaccine breakthrough cases in the U.S. on May first? Today, we got the obvious answer. Vaccine companies want to sell booster shots. 
Knott's Conservative Treehouse wrote that. So this is all about the Benjamins. And in addition to that, why are we not tracking antibodies? For several reasons, that would be a great idea. Do blood tests to see if people have antibodies. Number one, you would know whether the person had it or not, whether they have an immune system. And then they could also donate blood into a blood bank that would enhance you know, antibodies for people that are unprotected. Probably better than a vaccine. But again, vaccines... There's a couple of really strange things va- going on right now. <laughs> I don't know what that was. Vaccines uh, are the moneymaker for the... So Pfizer just came out with this report. They're going to make like $35 billion in net prop uh, in gross revenues. And they're going to make over $20 billion in profits. And that was reported. I just saw that report this morning. It's a new report. So check this out. So Will Rockenbach writes, Breaking, General Dynamics Corporation cancels vaccine mandate after roughly 40% of its employees decline the job and threaten to walk. And that's exactly the kind of thing that needs to be happening. That's the kind of thing that needs to be reported. And Al Webb writes, The COVID kit that India passed passed out uh, to its citizens that included zinc, and I've not heard this one, doxycycline. I've not heard that one. That's a new one on me. And ivermectin costs $2.65. It's a combo pill. There's a reason they don't want you getting preventative medicine. There's no money in it. These are all out of patent drugs that work. And of course, there's another meme associated with that. It says, a patient cured is a patient as a consumer. A patient cured is a customer lost. That's the, that's the medical doctrine. Now, let's get back to how Biden, who's going to be at the UN today, um, he went up to New York yesterday and he's going to be, I think, speaking today. And... Um, Again, it's going to be a globalist fest. It's going to be a COVID lockdown, pandemic lockdown fest. Um, Because even Emmanuel Macron is a socialist. He may have been good friends with Trump, friendly, but he also stabbed Trump in the back, if if you recall. But in any case, CNN's Jake Tapper on France recalling their ambassador to the U.S. Biden was elected promising to restore these alliances seems to be not living up to that. Let's take a listen. The idea that both the U.S. ambassador to France and, sorry, the French ambassador to the U.S. and the French ambassador to Australia will be recalled, I think is a sign of just how badly Europeans have taken this. Uh, President Biden was elected promising to restore these alliances. Uh, Seems to be not living up to that. Melissa Bell in Paris, thank you. What has Biden lived up to? Of course, he never really made many promises. And everything they're doing, I'm not surprised about. It's just Obama 2.0. It's tearing America apart, tearing America down to build it up like Cloward and Piven and Solinsky style. You know, the mentor to both Hillary and Obama was Solinsky, based Chicago-based radical. 
And the point is, I used to always dismiss that. I used to always say this, always. This was my argument for 10 years ago. I said the whole thing about Saul Alinsky or Cloward and Piven, about tearing it down to rebuild it and break it. You know when I first had this thought, I'll tell you. It was when Dinesh D'Souza came out with his movie, I think it was Obama's America, 2016. And it was written and it was put out in 2012. And it was just prior to his re-election bid when he was going against Mitt Romney. And it was Obama's America, America 2016. Again, put out, published, and put into theaters in 2012. And he talked about how he was going to destroy the military. He was going to tear down the economy. He was going to talk about, you know, tear it all down. And I said, the problem with that that I think Dinesh misses is that we live in a republic, we're a democracy, and the party that destroys everything, again, listen, this is really important because it's going to get to why there's election rigging, okay? So I said to myself in 2012, I said that would never work. I said America is immune to that, and the reason why is because the party that tears it down will be unelected, unelectable. And the other party, the party that they don't like, the one that tore it down doesn't like the other party, right? So say the Democrats or Obama or Biden, they want to tear it down. And they don't like Trump, and Trump wants to build it up. What would happen is if you tore it down, you would never win the election And Trump would then get to build it back up. That was my theory in 2012. That was what I thought. And that seems fairly rational. Unless you rigged the election. Then there's no consequence to what you do. You see? So now you're you're up with this problem. That not only can you tear it down... There's no valid election system. It doesn't matter because you're always going to get reelected to continue to tear it down, which was precisely why it was the case that Obama weaponized the IRS to go after Tea Party groups, why Obama weaponized the Department of Education to, um, for the third bathroom for the transgender, by defunding school systems, why he used Homeland Security to defund cities that didn't endorse sanctuary cities because they needed to protect that class of people that were coming through the border in droves. They were printing up brochures on how to beat the system, how to do it on the border. And it was basically taking the Pentagon, firing all the conservatives in the Pentagon, and installing liberal leaders like Milley, like, you know, Mad Dog Mattis and all these liptards, these Bilderberg people. Yeah, you know, Mad Dog Mattis was at the Bilderberg meetings. I mean, the issue is this, that Obama started it. Hillary was such a stupid moron that she couldn't win anything. 
she couldn't win anything. She was a natural born loser. And she couldn't even win despite, plus they didn't calculate the phenomena of Trump. And the next time around, they didn't play games. When it come to, came to Trump's reelection, they threw the kitchen sink and somehow they got away with it. That's why this Friday, the AZ audit is going to be extraordinarily important. Because keep in mind, there are some contests still going on in Georgia and in Pennsylvania. There's still investigations going on. Now, in Georgia, I don't know what's going to happen there. They're, they're having some setbacks there as we speak. But we want to see. And do you know that if they were to find evidence in Pennsylvania, Arizona, and in uh, Georgia to decertify those results, Trump actually becomes the winner. It's just those three states where if they reverse the results or change the results or decertify the results, Trump actually wins the 2020 election. Never mind the fraud that was going on in Nevada, Virginia, um, Wisconsin and Michigan, and elsewhere. Arizona, Pennsylvania, and Georgia is enough. You look at the electoral map, you get the number you need. You get the number you want. So, um, Scott Pressler from The Persistence wrote this. He says, I have massive earth-shattering news. This is interesting. Now listen, folks. In Florida, Democrats only have an advantage of 23,551 voter registrations. To put things in perspective, Dems had an advantage of 97,215 in 2020. So they're now only 23,000. They were 97,000. In 2016, when Trump won Florida, Dems had an advantage of 330,428 registered voters. In 2012, when Obama beat Mitt Romney there, the Democrats had an advantage of 558,272. So DeSantis, 2022. So basically they're talking about DeSantis running for re-election as governor in Florida. I don't think it's, I think it's a no-brainer that he wins that. Now we have uh, more that we want to talk about here. Um, Al Webb says, Breaking, Philly's shortstop Didi Gregorius claims that COVID-19 vaccine gave him pseudogout in the elbow, a type of arthritis which causes pain and swelling. Gregorius is also having the worst season of his career and largely due to the effects of the vaccine. And we're hearing this everywhere. We're hearing this everywhere. And Kingmaker writes, no, that's that's an assessment article. So there's articles uh, that I'm going through right now that are about the insurrection and about Sussman. We have a couple of other articles we can go to about Sussman. But the other good news is that Hillary Clinton, it's clear now. We always knew it. 
that she was one of the financiers of the Russian hoax. We always reported that. We always knew it. But now people are, head, people's heads are starting to roll. And the Durham looks like he's going to do some good business too. So not only do we have the AZ audit, but we also have the Durham report. We're running out of time. Bombshell. Info during today's FDA VAX meeting, Dr. Rose states, based on the VARS data, the risks far outweigh the benefits, especially for children. Over a 1,000% increase in adverse effects in 2021 questions if the shots are driving the variants. Clear failure of these products. So that's kind of interesting. Also, how is it that the same people who go on and on about following the, following the science when it comes to COVID-19 are completely incapable of understanding the science when it comes to the two genders? How is that, right? How is that? And one last thing before we head out of Dodge, because this is going to be the last one. This is a 47. So I wrote in September 12th, I wrote this. 9-11 allowed government government to spy on all Americans under the Patriot Act, thanks to New World Order globalist George Bush. Climate change allowed government to ration, regulate, and tax your behavior. COVID forced you to wear masks, inject vaccines, and track your movement while threatening your way of life. So 9-11 and the Patriot Act started it all on the spying of Americans. And I wrote that on September 12th, the day after 9-11. And Clarence, Clarence Owen, Candace Owens wrote that, said this because we felt, uh, on September 18th. We felt scared, and so we willingly surrendered many of our civil liberties that we may never get back. Think about it. We passed through the Patriot Act, allegedly to give our government the right to spy on terrorists. But nope, they never caught a single terrorist that way. What they did do, however, was abuse the authority given to them by spying on ordinary Americans. That's why Edward Snowden, you'll recall, is a wanted man who is now forced to live abroad in Russia because he told us the truth about our government. Which makes me think, who were the real beneficiaries of 9-11? Not the Taliban. Certainly not us, the American people. Perhaps the American government, which has grown itself exponentially over these last 20 years. So you think about that. It was very well articulated there. Charlie Kirk writes, What it looks like now that the adults are back in the room, seven kids murdered by a Hellfire missile, 13 U.S. service members killed by ISIS, 12,000 illegals huddled under a bridge, 243-year-old ally recalled their ambassador. Don't underestimate Joe's ability to mess things up. Hey, we're out of time. I'm, you're listening to The Scott Adams Show. We'll see you next time on the Just radio. Just a very nice kiss right up to there.